Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden pause in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because it's suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> G'day and welcome. I mean, this is golf. Andrew Dado is my name. Hey, uh, <laughs> how you going with your golf ball? Do you look at it? Do you clean it? Do you rub it? Do you use it for more than one round? Do you have one brand? Do you find one in the bushes and say, oh, mate, I'm not using this. Someone else has lost it. It's got bad juju. What do you go? Yes, brand new Pro V1. Well, golf balls come from somewhere and Callaway have a, a new range. Now, I don't know if you've caught up, but I did manage to talk to three of the heavy hitters at Callaway recently as they're launching the Paradigm range of woods and irons and there's new putters from odyssey and then a couple of new balls as well that's the callaway super soft and the callaway erc the man with the mission the global director of brand and product management for golf balls and package sets at callaway is jason finley now he's been with callaway for over 25 years and he was just brilliant to talk to so we had half an hour or so on the intranet uh so the sounds uh, sounds fine you know sound could be a little bit better but what he had to say was really interesting and he's a lover of the game of golf so we started um where we always start with how did you get into golf um and we did talk about the balls but we talked more about him and his career and what he's done and just imagine what it's like at the very top of the tree in america in american golf and one of the two biggest golf companies. Can you imagine what that job is like? Well, he's one of them. And here he is, Jason Finley, talking about how he got into golf and then some other stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, my time in golf started when I was uh, kind of just before my high school years. I had two of my best friends were were big golfers. Uh, in fact, uh, one of them is still playing on the PGA Tour today. Um, so for me to, you know, hang out with my my pals, 
uh, I had to either start playing golf or not hang out with my friends. So uh, that that led me to to go to the golf course with them every day and start playing golf. Um, and then from there, I got my first job working at a golf course and played golf all through high school and kind of fell in love with it. And uh, I'm a pretty com- competitive guy, so I love the competitive side of it and the you know camaraderie of being being with friends and you know being able to have a little competition on the side kind of regardless of of school level and kind of fell in love with that and um luckily through where i where i worked at the same golf course all through high school and college and had been fortunate enough to meet meet a few guys that had um come over and worked at callaway and Couple of years later, found myself working at Callaway through those relationships, and I've been here ever since. So, um, as they say, the rest is history. But I've I've done a variety of things here at Callaway. I started in in R and D and worked at our uh, performance center. Um, so I spent the first seven years or so working in R and D, and transitioned in, into that, marketing from Jason, there. That sounds, that sounds like a, a fairly common way in with Callaway. I know. Um, yeah, I think it it gave me great insight to learn a ton about, you know, the products themselves, and you know maybe you know how we go through the development cycle, and um, it 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 really helped. And then my my second kind of part of my job here at Callaway was more on the kind of market and consumer research side. So yeah. I think that gave me a, a secondary level of understanding of kind of how the consumer thinks, the consumer behaviors and can why you, things are the way they are. So, so can, you, that, can you that, tell me can you tell me briefly how the consumer does think? Because <laughs> um because it's pretty like is there is there like an overarching thing of if we just we as the amateur golfer, we just want to have the new thing now and that's yeah. Is that part well, of the process? I think that is part of it. I think, you know, it all goes back to, you know, golf is a very passion driven sport and the people that are golfers are, they're very passionate about what they do. And um, because of that, they want to have the latest and greatest. And I think, you know, people ask me all the time when I talk about what I do, they say, oh, well, you must be a big golfer them golfer and i i said i am and i think it helps me do my job i don't think it's a requirement of my job i think it's very beneficial to my job though um because i that's what i am myself right so yeah, yeah. i am a, a golf nerd at heart myself and so you know I, I like to tell people well i view my job as very hard to be able to go to work every day and do things around something that i'm super passionate about and i'm and i care about so deeply makes it easier to do that hard job. Right. So, um, you know, I can go talk and do interviews all day long, but I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about. If I was doing this around a subject that I wasn't passionate about, I wouldn't have quite the excitement in my voice that I do as I talk about it. Right. So I think that that does wonders for us as, as golfers. But I think when you think about the consumer mindset, it, it is understanding that we're all in this search to get better. Right. And, you put yourself in that mindset of well, why do people spend the money on the things that they buy from us every day right yeah. and it's because they want to get better they want to enjoy the time that and effort that they're putting into this sport right this is something that most of us don't have a livelihood built around so but it's how we take time away from our families or spend time with our friends and family perhaps um and we want to we want to enjoy it more when we do that so 
um, the equipment and the tools that we use to do that are a big part of that. So understanding that, that that's what we're in service of, I think is is super important, and I always have that in the back of my mind as I as I think through kind of the products that we're we're bringing to market. Okay. Do you think um, like one of the great quirks about the game of golf, and one of the attractions of it, is that we can't actually beat it, and yet we spend countless hours going, if I just if I just have the new ball, if this super soft is better than the last, two, oh, you know, like did, is that one of the joys of the game? One of the it's almost like a mad circle. Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of beating it, right? Like, there is no magic. I mean, I guess, you know, if you go play 18 holes, the magic of beating it would be 18, right? But but no one's ever even gotten anywhere close to yeah. that. So beating it can be as simple as just doing better than you did the last time or yesterday. Um, and that that's, you know, we always joke about, you know, you hit that last shot and it's the shot that keeps us coming back, right? Yeah. And I think that 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 that's always out there. Right. And I know that, you know, even for me as my, that as I look at the own, the ebb and flow of my own golf game, where I was scratch one point, I may be a five or six handicap today. That doesn't mean I enjoy the game any less. Um, I just, I just have different expectations of what beating it means. Right. Like yeah. where before I was trying to, to break par every time, well, that's not the case anymore. Now I'm you know more worried about my buddies that I'm playing with every day. Um, not every day, but you know what I mean. Every yeah, time yeah. I play, did you, did you did you like golf more? Did, did you did you like being off scratch more because <laughs> you could say I'm I'm off? Look, it's a game about ego as well. Yeah, and so people go, uh, you know, Jason, you, you you work with Callaway. What do you play off? And you go I'm scratch. Was there a certain joy to that? And then you say five. You go now I'm only off five. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's just like anything, right? You you're always as good as you once were. Um, and I would rather be there, but I also know that when I was, I put a lot more time and effort and energy into it than I do today um, for a variety of reasons. So I get it, I guess would be the the reality to that. But um, I think it, you know, still, you, you can be whatever you wanna be in the game. And, and that's what's so great about it. I could go play and have a competitive game with somebody that's a 25 handicap yeah. and enjoy myself just as much. So uh, I think that's one of the beauties of the game at the same time. Okay. When, when you said, when you first went to the golf club, we, did you start as a caddy? No, I started as a, I worked at a golf resort and I was a shoe boy was my title. <laughs> as I called myself, um, I was literally cleaning shoes. And then uh, my next progression was a uh, cart boy uh, yeah. where I, you know, got the carts ready and, and all that. I did do a little caddying here and there. Um, but yeah, so in general, it would be, you know, outside services and guest services at the local golf resort. All right. Did you learn anything in those jobs, especially being the shoe? Sorry, did you say the shoe boy? That's yes. That's what she said. That's what she yes. did say, right? So did you, yes. learn anything, did you learn anything when you were the shoe boy that actually helped <laughs> you later i mean we all pick up things on the way through you know look we are the sum total of what we've what we've learned and what we've experienced yeah, yeah i think you know if you take the aside the obvious of work ethic and those kinds of things you know and obviously customer service was a huge part of what i do so um but i think more than anything you know obviously doing that in the contacts that i made helped me end up at callaway but I think it's the, you know, being in and of the game of golf, I think was what I learned the most early on, right? Of 
you know, you you learned that I worked at a place where people went on vacation to go play golf, right? So okay. um, you you started to get that sense of, you know, goes back to the passion that people have. They're spending their hard-earned money to go on a golf vacation and play golf and, you know, spend their hard-earned money to, to yeah. get away yeah. with whether friends or their family or whatever it may be. So it was that first kind of insight into just the passion that that people have and the amount that they're dedicating to that game, which, you know, ultimately I'm still trying to cultivate today, just kind of like through a different uh, lens of selling them products. Okay. I'm talking to Jason Finley, the Global Director of Brand Management with Callaway and specifically on the, uh, on the golf ball. Very interesting. 25 years with Callaway, Jason. Um, I had a Google on uh, the golf ball 25 years ago. I came up with a top flight XL 2000. And that, that looked like the, uh, the duck's nuts. Then yeah. You've seen, a, you've seen a lot of change. When, when you first started, did you ever imagine a five-piece golf ball? Uh, well, I honestly, when I first started at Callaway, I didn't know what the differences in the different golf balls were. You know, I can remember, um, you know, if I go back pre Callaway days, um, you know, I was just, I was all about, you know, there was really a, a market leader and, um, you know, you kind of wanted to play what your buddies and you saw the better players playing. So, that also provided a lot of insight into my early days. But um, then when you work at a golf course, it comes down to, ooh, you know, so-and-so, Mr. Smith left his, you know, whatever golf ball in the golf cart. I'm going to keep this one and I'm going to play yeah. it next time, you know, yeah. um, to when I started at Callaway, you know, and started, that was really when Callaway was first getting into the golf ball business and we were doing a lot of golf ball testing and working in R&D. And at the test center, we were doing a lot of golf ball testing so I learned a lot about what some of the variables that we were testing were um, that still come into play today. So uh, while I wouldn't have specifically thought to a five-piece golf ball, I think the the constant advancements that we've made and seeing the the developments and even, you know, because back then I would have thought, oh, it's just a golf ball. How much can go into it? But now yeah. I walk through our golf ball manufacturing facilities and look at the the process and the number of steps you know, that go into that, you know, I walk through our Chicopee, Massachusetts here in the U.S. golf ball plant and see that we have 150 quality checkpoints alone within that 
plant, right, every single day that equate to 10 million data points that we're looking at, all in service of creating this little round white ball that sits on my desk right here next to me. So um, it's pretty amazing when you think about what goes into it and, you know, over 100 materials that are in this golf ball uh, yeah. at the same time. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see what what actually goes into it. So when the new ball arrives on your desk, so you've got the new ERC, and I know there's Supersoft as well. When the first one arrives, you pull it out of the packet. Do you look at it and, and with that sort of um, lovingly parental kind of way and go, wow, Jimmy, look at this. Look what we've done. Oh, my gosh, he's beautiful. Or Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, golf balls are, are maybe a challenge compared to, to golf clubs because so much of them, you know, they look fairly similar, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we've done a lot of really good work in the, you know, decoration isn't the best word to describe it. That's really what it is, right? It's it's kind of individualizing the golf balls a little bit more than uh, maybe some others have. And whether it's Truva's, you know, visual technology or triple track, which has obvious, you know, alignment benefits as well for the for the golfer. But, you know, even in the different colors that, that we're offering, I think, you know, as golfers like to express themselves a little bit as well, I think we've we've really kind of led the way in that space. And it's been fun to see some of the different concepts that we've come up with in that space as well. What sort of um, what what before we get to the, the new ERC and the Supersoft, what what has been put forward over your time that has not cut the mustard? So surely some surely some ball designs, which would be probably quite acceptable now, would have come, you know, I don't know, would have come through and, and you would have gone, listen, Marty, I don't know what you're doing at home, whatever it is, stop doing it because it's affecting your work. You know what I mean? Some, yeah, some pretty I, mad stuff come through? Yeah, there's been a lot of like really strange things and some things that, you know, still wish we could have done that frankly, we, you know, for a variety of reasons, we we didn't or couldn't, right? There's been some things that we've done in the prototype phase that maybe that the technology hasn't been there to do it in a more mass production way. There's also been some things like the, the Truvis golf ball that I will tell you that almost to 100% of the people in this building told us it was a bad idea. And without the pressure of our CEO, uh, forcing us to do it and figure out how to do it. Yeah. Uh, we would have probably never done it. And I would say that it's been probably in the top five moments in time for us as a golf ball company of things that we've done um, that I'm really glad that we've done. Right. So, so were um, you one of, were you one of those 90 odd percent who said, no, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, I thought it was a horrible, I thought it was a horrible idea. Right. And so um, then how, how hard do you push back against your CEO who's, <laughs> you know, because well, really, his name's like on my it's his name's really on my paycheck. Process. Huh? Yeah, his name's on my paycheck, so there's only so far I can push there. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, some of it is, you know, intuition and and data, and some of it is just, you know, when you started to, where where I started to get a little more on board with it is, as you started to get it in people's hands. Yeah. Um, and get people trying it. We started to get a little bit of more positive reaction to it when rather than just looking at it or maybe looking at it conceptually. Um, and, you know, that, that all goes back to kind of that consumer mindset of, okay, well, maybe people will like this and maybe we'll, people will try it. And, yeah. 
And then, you know, you get it out in the market and it starts to become this thing that we're worried about, oh gosh, how are we going to sell what we signed up to sell because our CEO told us we had to, Yeah. Um, to, oh my gosh, how are we going to get more of this because we can't keep it on the shelf? Um, and that happened in the matter of minutes, right? Um, so it was it was fun to see it happen. I know my wife, who's fairly new to golf, will only play with Trivia's balls. It's like, uh, you know, I'll see her with a white ball and I go, where's the, where's the colored balls? Where are the, and yeah. she'll go, in the water. I go, why do you yeah. have to use, why can't you just use an old ball? She goes, why do I need to keep the new balls for special occasions? I just use, I'm like going, oh my God. All right. So what have had the, the, what's changed for Supersoft and EFC, and EFC since uh, two years ago? What's, what's yeah, so the, we'll start with ERC Soft. Um, this one's a, a right. yeah. So this one's a, a you know a really interesting golf ball for us because you know we've we've definitely taken a golf ball that was that was very long and uh, managed to get more speed out of it. And we've done that with our new hyper elastic soft fast core, which is really you know getting into the the chemistry of how materials work and we've been able to keep the same soft feel that everybody loves and generate more ball speed as the way that we're bringing the materials together so getting materials to work better together to generate more ball speed uh we've combined that with uh, a new grip urethane coating uh, which is, enables us to generate significantly more spin uh, in the areas where we want it, which is around the green. So while kind of maintaining the low spin on the full shots, we've been able to generate significantly more spin around the green. So you have a golf ball that's that's really soft, really long, and spins a lot around the greens. So um, really a unique product proposition at kind of a, you know, slightly lesser than um, super premium price point, uh, okay. which we really like. Um, and then on the super soft, doing the same thing with the the core, you know, at it at its simplest form. If you want to make a golf ball uh, faster, you make it firmer. Well, you know, a big part of our platform and our belief is why people like Callaway golf balls is the soft feel, and so that's something we're not willing to to trade off of. So to be able to make a golf ball that has the same soft compression but generate more ball speed is a really key. Uh, trademark and technology for us. So in the super soft, we've been able to do that again with the hyper elastic soft fast core. And then similarly, we've got a new softer cover, which generally also has a trade off of, of speed. Um, but because of the hyper elastic soft fast core, we've been able to make it faster. So faster with more spinning control around the green with the same soft feel. So a very similar story um, with, you know, a, the lowest compression in our line. Okay. Do you, if if I go to a golf shop and I look at the golf balls and read the packets, they're all saying similar things. So how difficult is to break? Is it for you guys to break through that noise of? Because everyone's going. It it's like drivers. It's like irons. Everyone's going. It's longer. It's straighter. I mean, and I'm sure it is. But yeah. How, how hard is it to break through the noise of everyone trying to deliver the same? promise with their different products yeah i think i think first and foremost um you know if you think about today's consumer <laughs> they're they're much more educated first of all there's a lot more places to get information rather yeah. than just you know reading the, the few words that we are able to fit in on the back of the box 
Um, but the, the other big thing about today's environment is there's so many more ways to, to see that for yourself, right? And between the accessibility to launch monitors or FitBase or any of those things, technology to see the actual performance of, of products. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really big benefit. I think where in golf ball specifically that that can be a challenge is, you know, the, the one thing that that's missing from that environment for golf ball specifically is the the aerodynamic piece. You're not able to, to see those golf balls flying through the air. Mm -hmm. um, so there is still a, a big focus for, for us at Callaway at getting the products in people's hands and, you know, getting them to try the products that is very important and valuable to us. Um, and I think we've been able to do that both from some of the, the programs that we've put in place, but also, you know, with some of the, you know, colored varieties, you mentioned like your wife only playing with colored balls, being yeah. kind of a leader in that space gets us some trial maybe in our products that even if people don't like those different colors or visual technologies, um, it gets them into trying our golf ball at the same time because they're trying those technologies. So I think that's been another way that we've been able to, to show some real advancement in the category. Okay, you're back. I'm back. I don't know, I don't know where that went. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, when, I'm just thinking about the Truvis specifically. When that, when the coloured balls first started, we I think a lot of traditionalists, I think it's okay to be called traditionalists, all went, "What the hell is this?" You know, like this is this is awful. For you guys at the cutting edge, are you just going, "This is absolutely, this is brilliant"? What a, what a fantastic change that that the game is moving along. Um. Yes and no. I think that you know it's still. I think for us, it's a matter of balancing both of those fronts, right? You're going to have some that are more open to that and more want more of that and some that, that don't. So it's, you know, it, it creates a little bit more difficulty, I would say, in managing our business, right? Like, yeah. it's more complicated when you have more SKUs to manage, right? You have more arguably harder decisions to make, not only from a from managing our business, but our customers managing their business and the consumer choosing which one is right for them. Yeah. Um, so it, it does complicate things a little bit, um, but I think choice is good for for golfers, right? And you have some that, that want more of that, some that don't want more of that. And, you know, making sure that we have both of those areas covered is is really important to what we do and, and a big part of, of my job every day. Okay, how far can the golf ball go? Not physically how far, well, maybe it is how physically, how far can the golf ball go? But like, obviously there's been talk for the last few years about, you know, is is the golf ball the problem with, in terms of changing the game or is the driver the problem or are the materials the problem? So, but in your mind, you know, how far can we go before there's a point where the world's gonna say, look, we can't keep extending golf courses. We're gonna have to stop something. Yeah, um, I have kind of, you know, I obviously have a, a personal opinion on that, but I think more than anything, you know, the the governing bodies will will tell us that answer, right? Yeah. And 
we certainly uh, are not ignoring the fact that they've told us that they're looking at that area and we that that's kind of forced us to look at that. We're, we're prepared for a variety of different scenarios that they've told us they're looking at. Um, and, you know, I would tell you that I think, you know, part of what our job is as those that are providing equipment to golfers is to be at the cutting edge of that technology and whatever the, the governing bodies choose to go, um, we will keep doing our best to provide the highest performing products within the construct of those rules, just like we do today. And um, so I think, you know, the example I always use is is the, the groove rule. And, you know, we were all very worried about the spin that we were going to get when they, when they made those changes to the groove rule. And I would say that none of us as golfers today feel like we're in a worse position to how we are there today because of what we have done from a technology perspective within the construct of the rules. So yeah, yeah. Uh, fairly confident that we will be able to can deliver, continue to deliver products to help people, you know, enjoy the game and get better um, on their journey to, to, to beat what, what, to beat whatever their goal is. Yeah. Well, just to get, just to get their handicap. Jason, finally, yeah. what's, how excited about you for what's coming like not this year, maybe next year, but certainly in the next, in the foreseeable, this foreseeable future, because obviously you know what's, you know more about it than we do. Yeah, I think from a, certainly from a Callaway perspective, I'm very excited about what's ahead of us. We've been on a very good, um, I'd say we have a lot of momentum in the, in the golf ball category. Uh, and, you know, we've, we continue to um, do a lot of really exciting things and knowing where we are going and the opportunities that that are ahead of us, you know, we have a lot of runway in this category, and I think that excites not only me, um, but but us as a company. And you know, golf ball for for Callaway Golf, from when I first started on the category eight years ago, um, is is certainly becoming a much bigger deal within our, you know, I call it our four walls every single day. Um, but you know, really excited about you know the opportunities for us going forward and you know, the resources we have um, at our disposal to to make that a reality for us. And, you know, I think we, you know, if we continue on the the path that we're on, um, really excited about where that will take us in the future. Yeah, it's a forward path. And just so you know, so I play hickory golf as well. And the number one ball for hickory golf. Were, super soft. And this is the super soft. Yeah, and it's, and it's, ama- it's actually amazing. And every, it's amazing that everyone plays it. Oh, that's that. They might play the Strix and Soft field. Yeah. But there's less people less people playing that, but certainly that super soft. And it's just something about it. Yeah, I will tell you, you know, I have from a guy that has a hickory set of golf clubs in his office. Yeah. Um, not that I use, but I have hit them. Um, that soft feel that you get from super soft really is beneficial because let's not kid ourselves. Those uh hickory shafted golf clubs were not uh the best feeling things that you've ever had in your life. So oh no they're the best feeling things when you get them right. It's just when you don't yeah. get them right. Ugh. Hey uh, no, or Jason, you miss hit a shot. Uh, listen, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I know you're busy and um but it's great to hear your sorts, you know, some of your story and also um bit of the back working of, of Callaway because um what a company yeah. and just a real pleasure. So thanks very much. And thanks Great. for um, for Ben Chester and, and Michael Bourne for being part of it as well. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you very much. All right. Great work.
There he is, Jason Finley. What good fun. What a lovely guy. Uh, and nice to know he's got hickories. Uh, not so nice that he doesn't ever get to use them. Uh, next up is Luke Williams. He's the Senior Director of Product and Brand Management. And that's for Putters at Callaway. And that's a separate podcast. And you can find that at the same place you found this. Thanks. And thanks again to Jason. And to Michael Gorn for putting it all together. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.